Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What a save from Mark Howard. Today, I'm joined by two special goalkeeping brothers. How you doing, guys? Yeah, good, thank you, mate. We bounced up on the trampoline, trying to smash these balls, usually whacking them at the house. But I've got to be honest, mate, our team was stinking. The scout came over to me from Portsmouth and said, look, I'm interested. Like, Didn't play a single minute for him. Uh, was there for a year. We've gone in the office after. He said, right, don't go and get yourself a sports car, but we're going to give you a year's deal. Ah, yeah. He is the judge from Strictly. He's on absolute flames. Bruno Tonioli. I've got mum's skinny build and dad's white skin. So. <laughs> it, was, it was the best best decision I ever made, to be honest. Memories on and off the pitch will, will last a lifetime, and I've also made friends there that will also last a lifetime. I remember the first one I've come for. As soon as I came for it, bang, elbow straight in the edge, put my first career in card. <laughs> oh, wow, yeah. I mean, it's probably my most enjoyable enjoyable season I've ever had. We were renting a house with like two bedrooms and I oh. was sleeping on the floor yeah. on a mattress. And the kneecap just popped out back in. It looked like the elephant man. What a save from Mark Howard. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Yours Mine Away podcast with me, Mark Howard, and my mate, producer Ben. Today, I'm joined by two special goalkeeping brothers in Simon and Stuart Moore, both at Coventry and Blackpool, respectively. How you doing, guys? Yeah, good, thank you, mate. Good to be here. Yeah, all good, yeah. Thanks for coming on. A pleasure. Uh, it might be hard for our audience to actually tell you two apart. I might have to actually say your names before you speak. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't wait to chat about sibling rivalry and about how you both grew up. Obviously, one looking up to the other one and vice versa, teaching the other one. So, yeah... Normally we start off with uh, your first introduction to football, but yours would have been slightly different growing up on the Isle of Wight. What was the first time you remember putting your gloves on? Uh, I think probably going. To, my dad was a, a football manager at a local team on the Isle of Wight, um, and I used to go and watch. And I used to love the goalkeeper there, Steve Lawton. Like he was like my idol, um, and my dad played in goal as well. Um, so I remember seeing a picture of me when I was like probably one years old with a pair of gloves on, right. like massive pair of gloves that my dad used to wear. But yeah, I used to go and watch Lorts and he was a lovely, lovely bloke. And um, yeah, I just used to buzz off that and, and think, think since then I just wanted to be a goalkeeper. Yeah. And it, obviously you'd have been getting dragged along, Stu. Yeah. Yeah. I used to get dragged along. Uh, <laughs> I think mine was more in the garden when we were younger, just getting chucked in goal. Um, it was never really forced upon us, but 
think Sai chucked me in goal wanting to take a few shots at me in the garden and I enjoyed uh, diving diving around getting muddy so yeah, yeah. mine sort of come from there and obviously growing up watching Sai watching dad was, um, yeah just wanting to be like them really yeah obviously when you're growing up and that playing in the gardens like the most fun time ever uh, but you actually learn loads mine was I actually got stuck in goal because my brother just used to smash balls at my face and I end up learning that like getting the ball in the face was a fun bit I think that just came from my brother bullying me a little bit. <laughs> uh, but obviously, with you two pitted against, not pitted against each other, but like Stu growing up looking at Sai, was there always like that role model sort of thing that you was like, oh, what he does, I want to try and do that? Yeah, 100%. Like growing up, I always wanted to be like Sai. Um, I'll be honest, I probably hung out more with Sai and his mates than I did my own mates. So any chance I got, you know, I'd go go with them. And uh, whether it's going in goal, going outfield, headers and volleys in the garden, you know, what four and a half five years older than me smashing balls at me i loved it i'd be diving getting in the way and that and all i wanted to do was obviously be like side growing up so. yeah was it always like competi competitions penalty comps between well, you? mate do you know what we, we had a mad setup we had like a two-tier garden we had a trampoline on the top bit and then like a little samba goal down the bottom so our either Stu or me would be in the goal down the bottom we'd lob the ball up on the trampoline try and do a basketball <laughs> kick side volley into the goal and try and score and then once you scored like three goals or something, we'd swap over. So we'd bounce it up on the trampoline trying to smash these balls, usually whacking them at the house and then want to be in goal down the bottom, mate. So yeah, we'd always just be doing stuff like that. And I think that without even realising at the time, it probably helps you sort of as you get older. And w was it uh, like a Sunday league team that you both end up playing for then? Obviously you said your dad was a manager. Mine was a similar story. My dad was a manager of a little league team. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't start playing for a team until I was about 12, I think it was. Um, I always wanted to. Um, but for, for one reason or the other, I didn't actually play. And the team that I played for, uh, I played in the year above. Uh, so my dad was a manager of a team called Braden Town on the Isle of Wight, like a men's team. And then they ended up setting up like youth teams. Uh, and I think I played for the under 13s, uh, played a year above. And I've got to be honest, mate, our team was stinking. We used to lose like 8-0, 9-0 every week, but I'd be getting peppered. So like... I was getting so many saves to make and I'd have friends who played in goal who'd be winning like 20, 21 nil yeah. and just be stood on the goalpost like lean up. And I think I look back and obviously at the time I was like disappointed and gutted but I used to go into every game believing that this week we're going to win, this week we're going to win. I think we drew one game all season, one all and had to have an absolute blinder to even keep it at that. But again, looking back now, even though I was letting in goals left, right and centre, I was having so much to do that I would rather that back then than be stood there doing nothing because I learnt so much more by, by I say, facing shots and, and conceding goals. It's always harder when you're young playing the year above or two years above, whatever, but it's the best place to learn. It's more grounding, it's more physical, things come at you a bit faster, everyone else is stronger. I remember when I was, oh, I must have been about eight years old and I couldn't kick the ball out my 18-yard box. It, obviously, it was smaller boxes back then. Uh, but yeah, I just remember getting peppered off everyone I played with. My brother was two years older than me, I played in his team. I was like... Christ, I need to actually work on this now because I'm getting bullied. Like, it was like, he was like, yeah, th this is the, the point that I was like, right, I need to change how I kick the ball, how I play. Uh, I got the bug for it back then as well. Um, was yours similar then? Was you yeah, Sunday League as yeah, well? Yeah, mine was Sunday League as well. So uh, obviously, like I said, we uh, we played for a team called Braden Town, which... Oh, you both um, played for... Yeah, for the same, same team, runners. yeah, which... Obviously, Dad managed, but the goalkeeper at the time ran the youth setup. Yep. So uh, a guy called Steve Lawton, and he's a good family friend of ours. So, you know, I ended up playing with all my mates, playing for him because he's a great guy. Love love playing for him, and I was always playing a year or two up. But yeah, it was similar. Like you know, we started off the team, and we got battered for probably the first three or four years. Like I think 
you know, I prided myself on the fact that I never let in more than 10 goals, so I never got to double figures. But most weeks we were losing sort of 6 7 nil, And I think it was only till like, you know, under 13s, when, which was probably my last season with them, and we actually won the double. We won the League and Cup double and it just come out of nowhere. But I think it was because we had that togetherness as a team. Um, but yeah, to start with, that's probably why, obviously, you know, I got so much better because I had yep. so much to do. I used to help as well, uh, Lorch, the, the manager of that team. I used to help coach like... Um, on a Sunday or whatever, on a Saturday morning and stuff. There's only a couple of years age gap between you as well, wasn't there? Uh, what, between me and Stu? Yeah. yeah, like four or five years. Yeah, four and a half years, yeah. So I used to, like, yeah, help Lorts out with the team. Um, but So, yeah, I had Sai as my assistant coach for a couple of years as well, crazy, which, is, which is pretty good. To be fair, like I say, watching Stu back then, like some of the saves even back then that he used to make, I was like, like something special, to be fair, because um, some of the saves he made were outrageous, mate, like... You both got scouted quite young. Obviously, I think you've said before, Si, that you got scouted at 14 and you went on trial to Southampton. Yeah, so I went on trial at Southampton, I think. I'm obviously, yeah, 13, 14. Um, and to be honest, mate, like I was nowhere near ready. Um, I'd come from the Isle of Wight where the warm-up was you stand in goal, everyone lines up and takes shots at you. Uh, I'd never even heard of footwork around a cone. I'd never even heard of a volley. So I've gone over there and I'm training with David Coles, the first-team goalkeeper coach. He's coaching like Anthony Amy yep. and Paul Jones and, and people like that. So I'm turning up on a Wednesday, kicking cones over, volleys going through my hands, and I'm I was miles off it. Like so, I went on like a six week trial and somehow ended up getting a, a year's contract there. Um, and Colsey, I used to be petrified of Colsey. <laughs> Literally, I used to get so nervous going through his sessions because he'd sort of he'd lose it if you sort of went up to standard. And yeah. I'd obviously always try my hardest, but because uh, I would say I was so new to all the goalkeeping, you had a, a lad who was like year above who was really polished, really good technically. Uh, I remember now his name was Matt Brown. Uh, he was really, really good. Um, and I used to think, Christ, he's, he's really good. I'm nowhere near it. And anyway, long story short, ended up staying there for a year, uh, got released. Uh, I think they said that, that I was too small, but I think that was a, a polite way of saying that you're probably not quite good enough. Um, I say I was so scared of Colsey, and then 10 years later, I signed for Bristol City on loan, and who's the goalie coach? Colsey. Colsey. And you know what? He is absolutely class. Like, what a great guy so passionate about goalkeeping and he is without a doubt one of the best goalkeeper coaches I've ever worked with. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about how you get scouted. I've had quite a lot of questions on social media about how goalkeepers get scouted, especially at a young age. Can you tell us both your paths? Go on, mate. Yeah. Um, like Si said, um, he was at Southampton as a young age. I had a trial at Southampton as well. Probably stayed there for sort of two, three months. Had they got a really good scouting network in the Isle of Wight? Uh, I wouldn't say so. Not no. massively, Portsmouth no. were probably the more, yeah. like, sort of better better network, really, yeah. Um, and I ended up staying there for a little bit. Uh, didn't end up signing there, but a year later, um, it was actually through school football. We had, um, like, county trials, so it's for Hampshire. Um, and I sort of played, we were supposed to play, like, half hour each. After 10 minutes, they pulled me off. I thought, what's going on here? And they were just like, look, we know we want you to be a keeper here. And as I'm sort of stood watching on the sidelines, Scout came over to me for Portsmouth and said, look, I'm interested. Like, we want to have a look at you. Would you mind coming over for a bit of training? Yeah. Um, mine sort of went from there, really. End up signing at Portsmouth, a uh, two-year deal. Um, got offered a scholarship there as well, but decided not to take it and went on to Reading from there. So, um, But yeah, it just sort of come from nothing, really. If I wouldn't have gone, you know, with a couple of lads from the school on this, on this county trial, then, you know, probably would have still been playing Isle of Wight football. That's crazy. And how did, obviously, f from Southampton, you said that you was only there for a year. Where did you end up going, sir? Yeah, I just went back to Isle of Wight and played for Braden again. Uh, played until I was sort of like 
14, 15 in the sort of younger age group and then end up playing for the men's third team and then eventually the men's second team and then the men's first team that, that my dad was the manager of. Uh, and then I played a game against Basingstoke in like the Hampshire Senior Cup uh, and a guy called Francis Fines was the manager at the time and he ended up going to Farnborough at the end of the season um, and I went and signed for Farnborough. Um, didn't play a single minute for him. Uh, was there for a year, was travelling over on a Thursday night on the boat. So that's another thing on the Isle of Wight. When we used to go to Southampton and Portsmouth, we used to have to, my mum and dad would take us to the boat, we'd get a boat and then get a taxi and then go and train and then have to get a taxi back, get a boat and then you'd be coming back late at night uh, and you have to get up so early in the morning. So I was travelling to Farnborough on a Thursday night training, travelling all around the country on a Saturday and sitting in the stands. And Francis Vines was a lovely bloke to be fair. He used to come up to me and be like, oh, sorry, I'm sorry. But that's all right, don't worry about it, like, just how, how it is. Uh, and at the end of that season, um, uh, a new manager come in, left me a voicemail, said, you're not needed next season. Um, and a guy on the Isle of Wight, I was about to sign for uh, a team down south, uh, New Milton Town, I think it was, or, or something, for about 30 quid a week. And then someone from the Isle of Wight put my name forward for a trial at Brentford. Uh, they knew someone there, said, look, give this lad a go. Um so I went there on a three-week trial. My first game uh, in a pre-season friendly was against Farnborough, the team that i just left. No way. And it was just one of them nights where everything went for me. I had a really, really good game. Went on a three-week trial there. Um, and I say Dennis Cooper, the man that put me forward, I'll always be grateful for, for the opportunity that, that he gave me, putting, putting me forward to Brentford. And uh, yeah, three-week trial, team photo day. Um, Andy Scott goes to me, right, get yourself in the photo. So I thought, well, if I'm getting in the team photo, I must be must be getting something here. Yeah. So I got in a photo, stood there like young boy, gone in the office after. He said, right, don't go and get yourself a sports car, but we're going to give you a year's deal. No uh, way. And that was sort of how it went really, yeah. It's, it's amazing like the dedication that you, yourself, both of you, uh, had to go through, like getting cars, boats, trains, automobiles. Uh, <laughs> like obviously the, the help of your parents and that getting you to places and relying on also other people to pick you up the other side and... Uh, the stress that that would have caused on your parents would have been immense. But to, to put you both through that uh, and for you to both go on and become professional goalkeepers must be full credit to them. And you must obviously owe them in such high regard for helping you so much. Yeah, I've, honestly, we wouldn't be where we are today without mum and dad. Um, the support they've given us, they've always, you know, pushed us in the right ways. They've never forced it upon us. They've always said, look, if there's ever a point... That, you know, you don't want to do it anymore. We support you, we support whatever you do, but, you know, you make your choices and whatever choice you make, we're we'll back you 100%. So, you know, over the years, like I say, the amount of money they must have spent, the amount of time they've taken to, you know, come across with us to training to start with. And then obviously once we're old enough to go on our own, we could go on our own, but they'd still come over, watch every game. And even now, you know, they, they come up and anytime we're playing, they, they want to come see us and, you know, they Travelled up and down the country, haven't they? For yeah, I so say they're still in the Isle of Wight now. Yeah. They have to get a boat over to come and watch us play. Yeah, and uh, say so we're so lucky to to have had such supportive parents. And like Stu said, they did never pushed us in any direction. My dad, even though he's a goalkeeper himself and had a very good non-league career, never said to us, "Right, you need to play in goal. You need to do this." He was so easy going and just let us find our own paths really and I say that's we're really really grateful for that yeah, shout out to all the parents that have helped all professional footballers get where they are I tell you what some amount of miles they've racked up as well <laughs> right before we crack on let's crack on with a quiz uh, goalie or no goalie uh, I'm not sure if you've been briefed on it yet but I have five international <laughs> goalkeepers and five names I've either made up or five famous celebrities or people from around the world 
Listeners can head over to YouTube uh, to check out our leaderboard. It's one point for each correct answer. You're working as a team, by the way. So we've got the leaderboard up there. Spencer Owen on eight. Big John, Theo Baker, Josh Griffiths. Is there anyone on there you see that you'd like to beat? Lana, surely. Alex yeah, McCarthy, yeah, I uh, hope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to be at Al. I mean, I was already with Al and... Uh, I'm quite surprised this score so low, actually. But... Uh, he was like, <laughs> he was the first person to do it, and I threw some names. He was miles off it. To, to be fair, I'm quite glad we're doing it as a team. Otherwise, I could be struggling. Yeah, yeah. Selzy would be good at this. Yeah, yeah. Selzy would be unreal. Every, uh, Lana said exactly the same thing. Selzy would know everybody. He'd know everyone. Everybody. Yeah, GGK Union done it as a team, but it yeah, wasn't really did. a team, was it? Nah. Yeah. <laughs> Richard Lee threw Matt under the bus, mate. Really? He was like, "No, you do it, just in case I embarrass myself." I was, was going to say good. Richard would be good at this as well. Right. So number one. You ready, yeah? Nervous? Yeah, yeah, yeah nervous. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Everyone takes a big deep breath. Right, yeah. <laughs> right. number one, Dale Coling. I've got no idea. I am trying to trick you with all the names. That's not... I'm, that's probably that's, the easy one as well, yeah. isn't it? Well, I'm going to say yeah. Yeah, go on if yeah. you say he yeah. He is a goalkeeper. Oh, good start. Yeah, Gibraltar nice. and Lincoln FC good in the Gibraltar Yeah, nice. Yeah, okay. Number well, one. We only accept goalie... Yeah, no you have to goalie. say goalie okay. or no goalie. <laughs> Get right. Goalie. Right, number two, Edward Grills. I'm going no goalie with that. Okay, no goalie. Yeah, you sure? Yeah. Spare Grills. <laughs> his real name. He grew up on the Isle of Wight. He, he did, did, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah that's why I've chucked him one here. I said, I might actually know him. I, I didn't even know his name was Edward. No, I knew yeah. it. I didn't. Pro- proper nice name, Edward. <laughs> so that two, good start, great start. Number three, Caleb Cooper. No goldie. Okay, I'm going with you. Isn't he the one from Clarkson's Farm? He is from Clarkson's Farm. Yeah, good knowledge. Well played. Brilliant. Caleb, he's a legend, him. Well played. I've heard good things about that. I need to watch it. Uh, I actually need to watch it. I need to see the second season of it. Yeah, I've started watching it. It's a proper good show. (laughs) Proper good show. Right, number four, Nicholas Heddle. I'm going to say goalie. Yeah, I'll go with goalie on that. You two are on fire. Four out of four, Austria and Rapid Vienna GK. Love that. Okay, at least we've equaled Al's one already. Yeah. <laughs> You're on absolute flames here. You're giving Al a text, aren't you? Love that. Right, number five, Divine Ichabor. Ik- <laughs> it's not easy to say some of these, I'm telling you. I'll tell you what, it's got to be a keeper. Yeah. It's got to be a goalie with a name like that, surely. Yeah, yeah go goalie. goalie. He is not a goalkeeper. Oh. He is the Nigerian singer, Rima, that sings the Afrobeat song, Calm Down. I don't know if you've seen on TikTok the big trend. I've seen it. Yeah, yeah I've heard yeah. that. So yeah, yeah, I'm not going to yeah. do the dance move. Then <laughs> <laughs> I'll edit that into a YouTube video. I'd love to see that. <laughs> right, number six, Guillermo Ocha. Goalie. Okay. Yeah. He is a goalkeeper. A goalie, Surely yeah. you know yeah, Ocha. Yeah, you've got no Ocha. Yeah. yeah I was going to say yeah, the big frizzy hair and that. I thought that was him. Yeah. 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 Probably the best goalkeeper in a World Cup ever, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. Just last unbelievable fight. World Cups. Unbelievable in tournament. They always show that save on Instagram from a free kick, don't they? Yeah, they always show him. Yeah, Mexico and oh, I'm going to try and pronounce this Italian name now. Salinitiana. There you go. <laughs> Good effort. Go that. I'm, not, I'm not correcting myself. Reminds me of Lee Tinger from Don Broco. Oh, he does, mate. Yeah. 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 Right. Number seven, Bruno Tonioli. No goalie. Okay. No goalie. You know who it is, yeah, yeah, I do, yeah. Is who it, is it? Oh, is he Strictly? Strictly. Ah, he is the judge from Strictly. He's on absolute flames. I'll yeah. tell you what, I know more about no goalies <laughs> than I do about keepers. It's worrying. probably quite worrying, isn't it? I actually tried to pronounce that a bit differently to throw you <laughs> off. Because I thought, Bruno Tonioli. <laughs> right, number eight, Igor Akinfeev. I'm going to say goalie. Yeah, go on, I'll go with you on this one. 
Russia and CSKA Moscow goalkeeper. You two on flames here. Could get a new. Should new know leader. that Selzy would be raging that we didn't. Yeah, yeah, he would, wouldn't he? <laughs> we'll have to talk about Selzy in a bit. <laughs> <laughs> right, number nine, Henry Charpentier. I'm gonna go no goalie. It's up to you if you want. If you call it a keeper. Uh, I mate, listen. We go off instinct. Should we go off instinct? Yeah. No goalie. No goalie. He is not a goalkeeper. Oh, love it. On he fire. actually invented crepes. <laughs> <laughs> As it was Pancake Day yesterday, oh, on the day of filming, this is, by the way. Go on, Henry. Yeah. Love that. Love that. Oh, crepes, Suzette, geezer. <laughs> 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 right, and number 10, Chris Mufambi. I recognise the name. Yeah? Yeah. What, as in a goalie or... <laughs> Think carefully. Goalie. This could make you number one, boys. Oh, yeah, he could go this top is... here. Oh. Chris Mufambi. Yeah. Why do I recognise that name? For a goalie? I don't know if it's a goalie or not. Come on, mate. You've been good at this. <laughs> I'm going to go with no goalie. No goalie. He is a goalkeeper. Oh, no! Chris Mufambi is... No used to be at Blackpool with me. Oh. He was... Oh. Wow. He now plays for Congo uh, and in the Luxembourg League for Differdange. Differ I'll tell you what, though, mate. I'll tell you what, some You've effort, done very yeah, well I'll there. Take it, mate. Some effort considering very good. about 90% of them were guesses. Yeah, yeah. You did know all the non-goalies. <laughs> yeah, the non-goalies. <laughs> yeah. Even naming all their TV shows. <laughs> I can't wait to see Celsius on here and do that. Oh. Oh. New joint leaders though, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, take, take it, mate. Take it. The more brothers. Well done, mate. Bit glad we didn't get the last one. But you know what? Yeah. I, I thought we were going to be bottom of the table, I'll be honest. So. I've done well there, mate, Muffy. Muffy. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Uh, let's crack on with your careers and that then. Uh, I know you've mentioned it already, but you got released uh, from Southampton on height. We get a lot of questions about this as well, right? Uh, and I always say that you can never tell up until a keeper's 16, 17, if they're going to have that last growth spurt. I remember at 15, I think I was, I lost all my coordination because I had my final growth spurt and I hit above six foot then. I'm six three now. But like I lost all my coordination. My goalkeeping went to pot. But because of the grounding I had when everyone said I was too little, it just made me better. Uh, obviously, you both are, what, you're 6'3", aren't you? 6'3", yeah. yeah. You're 6'4"? Four. Four, yeah, yeah. Six, four, so you've ended up both big beasts, really. Uh, although both slight in frame, really, aren't you? Yes. Yeah, both I mean, fit goalkeepers. Stu's like always been ripped up. I used to, like, my friends used to come around and I'd like even banter them saying, look at his forearms. He's like 11 years old and yeah. they're flipping like tree trunks. Man. So he had, uh, I I've think he got been... dad's build. 
and mum's tan skin and I've got mum's skinny build and dad's white skin. So. <laughs> nice. It always yeah. used to be a joke, didn't it? I yeah. mean, you, you were probably below average height or average height, weren't you, until yeah, yeah. about 15, then 16. Up a little bit, yeah. Whereas yeah. I was always the opposite. I was always quite yeah, big always and massive, mate, I'd sort yeah. of go up and then out, like fill out. But I mean, even now I think probably about 10 kg heavier than you at the moment yeah <laughs> that's crazy that right obviously you've mentioned you signed for brentford uh i think it was uh your breakthrough season you end up finishing third uh yeah and lost in the playoffs was it yeah we i lost don't want to bring pl- that up but, no uh, so, no that was mental but um what a, what a season that was for your first was it richard lee that was playing as yeah, well yeah rich was there uh and rich uh i don't know if he got injured in the pre-season maybe and i started the season um and just just went on to to do really well uh, and now Rich, Rich was really good. He was excellent to me, uh, to be fair. Um, he was really sort of helpful on the sort of mindset thing. And uh, it was, he yeah, ended up playing about 50 odd games that season. And I think back then you, you're quite sort of naive to everything and you just go out and play. You don't think about it too much and you've got that freedom. Uh, I think as you get older, you perhaps lose that freedom. You start thinking about things a little bit more. Um, but back then, yeah, literally was just playing. And again, we played Doncaster last game of the season and I look back now and I think if we'd have got promoted to the championship it would have been unbelievable but at the time I was just just happy to play really just another game it was just another game and say it was nil-nil 94th minute we got a penalty missed a penalty they went up the other end and scored and then a week later we went through to Wembley on, on penalties saved the penalty playing at Wembley and amazing and uh yeah, that was sort of what, what kick-started my career, really. Yeah, I remember playing against you that year. I was at Sheffield United. I think you had Donaldson up top as well. Yeah, Clayton Donaldson. Clayton yeah, Donaldson. And yeah. I just remember, like, obviously you as a keeper, I think it was your first season that you played and how, how quick off your line you were. I think that was one of the biggest things I remember about playing against you is that you, you had that new school spread that everyone just takes for granted now, but that wasn't a thing a few years ago. Yeah, uh, yeah you'd just come off your line, straight down the line of it and just do the big just K block and jump it. And I think you made one really good save at Bramall Lane when you played against us, and you did that. I was like, oh, "That's new. That I've not seen that techers before." But I didn't even didn't even think about it back then, and that's the thing. I think uh, you can overthink things, and I've been guilty of it. I think as I've gone throughout my career and worked with different coaches, you you can overthink and overanalyze. And I look back, sort of when I was younger, and you, whether you stood at six yards, one yard, two yards, you just tried to save the ball. Whereas sometimes you overthink it, and by the time you thought about it, it's it's too late, really. So. Um, that's something you say that at the time you you just don't even think about it, you just do no and your game changes over time the way that your body changes over time as well and you play to your strengths and you, you find that the more games you play you, the more you play to your strengths and you'll try and hide your own weaknesses because you're, you won't put yourself in that risk of yeah. highlighting stuff like that and I think that's one of the biggest things that young goalkeepers coming through is they've got that freedom it's just like go out there play go and do whatever you can do and I think, as you, like you said, as you get older, you think about it a bit more and you're trying to play to... I, I still try and play to keep a quiet goal. I don't like it when people talk about me after a game. I just, yeah. I've always played like that. It's because it came from the philosophies of my idol, Dave Seaman. Uh, if he dived for a shot that went wide, you'd almost go, why is he bothering to dive? Uh, and that's the old schoolness. But yeah, obviously from Brentford, you had a great breakthrough season. You moved to Cardiff. Yeah, I think... Um... At the time, it was probably, I look back now, it was, they'd offered me a four-year contract. They were in the Premier League. It was one of them. I was like, I can't, I can't turn this down. Yeah. Um, in hindsight, what I should have done was probably signed a four-year contract to Cardiff and then gone back on loan to Brentford for the yeah. season because I ended up going to Cardiff. Uh, David Marshall was Premier League goalkeeper of the season. He was unbelievable. Joe Lewis was a very good goalkeeper. And I was just sort of travelling. Well, it was nice going to the Premier League grounds, doing the warm-up. It, it, well, I, it wasn't really benefiting my career. So... 
Um, it got to the January uh, and I ended up going out on loan to Bristol City, played half a season there and then come back to Cardiff and was number two for, for a couple of years behind Marshy. And like I say, Marshy was probably in the form of his life. He was absolutely unbelievable. Uh, so I was never going to get a chance there. Um, but yeah, in hindsight, I look back, I, I just wish that obviously I'd uh, signed the contract but gone back on loan. But I say you look back and, and you make those decisions and you learn from them. Yeah, and then obviously you did do that when you went to Sheffield United. Uh, yeah, I, I still had two years left on, on my contract at Cardiff. Um, and I went to Sheffield United on sort of half half the wages and I thought, I'm, I'm 25, 26, I need to go and play games. I need to make a, a name for myself. And uh, thankfully, I say I signed for Sheffield United and uh, probably had five, well, yeah, I had five unbelievable years there, to be honest. Yeah, with a, was it a promotion in your first season as yeah, well? Yeah, got pr promoted in the first that season. Was a, yeah. So I left that summer uh, and obviously... I think Wilder came in, brought you in as well. Uh, and we both end up getting promoted that same year. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, obviously I was watching out your results because I was still a fan of Sheffield United. There was five and a half years. So yeah. I still held the club in such high regard and that. And obviously it was brilliant to see you go there, get promoted as well. It was a You had a great season as well. Oh, yeah. Like I say, going team of the year. And uh, it was, say, it was a, bit, a little bit of a difficult period in my life at the time as well. So I just went up there, had a completely fresh start. And, uh, it was it was the best best decision I ever made to be honest. Yeah, and in that five years, you did back to back promotions, was it? Uh, yeah, so we you got promoted first season, then we had a solid season in the championship the next season, and then uh, got promoted to the Premier League the season after. And uh, yeah, I say if, that first day that I, that I played for Sheffield United, we played Millwall away, lost two one, were bottom of the league. And if you just said in three years you, you'd be in the Premier League and four years making your, your debut, then. So yeah, I wouldn't have believed it to be honest. So I, was, I yeah. remember coming to that game, uh, Mill away where you made your debut and you lost late on in that game. Yeah, I remember. Won. I think it was a couple of games in, wasn't it? Mm. And Sheffield United fans were sort of, you know, a few of them calling for Wilder's head already. He'd only just gone there, Crazy. and obviously that was the season where you went on and you know you got got a hundred points. And yeah. you know, at that point, I thought, what you know, is this the right thing you've done? Like it seemed a bit hostile at the time, but then because obviously you know the club was big as Sheffield United is and you know, been trying to get up there. But yeah, from there on, I think you'd lost like two games the rest of the season. Yeah, it was class. Yes. Yeah, obviously that season. Oh, I want to talk about Sheffield United as a club, to be fair. You must hold it in such high regard because of what you achieved there. Uh, I loved my time there. And when the fans are with you, it's incredible. And sometimes it does at home get really hostile if you haven't scored in the first 15 minutes. I think we've all felt that pressure of like the cop behind you going... Yeah. I know I'm in for it tonight. Yeah, 100%. I remember watching you and you had some unbelievable FA Cup runs yep. as well and you say you played unbelievably well, mate. Like, And I remember looking at it thinking, what a club, like, yeah. what a club. And then I ended up signing for him. And yeah, it was, it was amazing, mate. Like I said, like that first season, League One, was was probably my favourite season out of, out of the whole five years I was there just because of the team that we had, the group of boys we had. It was such a special group and everything just seemed to, to go for us. And memories on and off the pitch will, will last a lifetime and I've also made friends there that will also last a lifetime like you know what it's like when you go to football yep. clubs you, you make friends and quite often you won't see them for three or four years and although it'd be like you've never sort of been away genuinely I've, I've kept in touch with so many of the lads there and uh, yeah so it was uh, probably the def well without doubt the best sort of career move that, that I made yeah, nice. Right, Stu, on to you then. Right, you came through at Portsmouth before joining Reading yeah. uh, to join their academy and sign your scholarship there. Yeah. Right, Reading, you spent, what, four, three years as a, a scholar? Uh, two years as a scholar and then started, obviously, first year pro. Yeah. But throughout... With a whole host of loan moves. Oh, so different honestly, uh, yeah. than like, your brothers. I've, yeah, I've had so many different loan moves. Uh, I think from 
from 16, I went out on loan and got my first taste of men's football. And incredible. That. I just remember um, I was training and, you know, got pulled over to the side saying, how do you fancy going on loan, you know, playing for a team called Hungerford Town? Um, on Saturday, they got, got Weymouth away in the FA Cup, which was obviously quite a big game. Like it's, uh, I think there were about a thousand fans there and it's the first time I sort of played in front of that sort of crowd. I just remember first game, just all they did was pump it in the box and I'm thinking... I'm going to have to deal with these crosses here. If I don't deal with these, then I'll never deal with him in my life. I remember the first one I come for, as soon as I came for it, bang, elbow straight in the head. It's like, right. 16 year 16 old. 16 year old, yeah. All they thought was, let's put it on top of him. Yeah. And that's where I sort of learned how I could deal with crosses. And I was like, you know what? I used to enjoy it. I used to say, go on, chuck it in there. I want to come deal with it. Yeah. The more you put it on me, the more I'm going to come for it. Yeah. And it got to that point where teams wouldn't put it anywhere near me. So, um, but yeah, I've had a whole whole host of loans. Um, I had Hungerford the first season, I probably played about 30 or games. Um, second season, I went on loan to a team called Bashley, which was the next step up. Yep. And whilst I was at Bashley, I had, um, had a loan move to Arsenal as well, the youth team. Yep. So I played, I remember playing Blackburn away on a Saturday, um, did well. And on the way back on the coach, they said to me, how do you fancy playing? Like, I remember the first one I come for, as soon as I came for it, bang, elbow straight in the head. I just remember, I was like, I couldn't believe my luck. But it was a, it was one of those bittersweet ones because they said, look, it's either going to be at the Emirates or it's going to be at Barnet's ground, Underhill. And I was <laughs> I've thinking, played at Barnet, yeah. Underhill, wow. It, it was at Barnet as well. And oh, I'm thinking no. I could be playing at the Emirates here instead we're playing on the slope at, at Barnet. But you know what? It was a great experience. Yep. We beat Marseille 3-0, kept wow. a clean sheet. And then that was a Tuesday night. I went back to Bashley on the Saturday and I'm playing in front of sort of like, you know, 200 people and ploughed field basically yeah so yeah that was was that tough mentally or was it right Uh, right that's the standard i want to get to yeah i think i think it was it was quite tough mentally the first game because i was like i've just gone from playing on carpets (laughs) to obviously going back to that but i think because i was at that age i just loved playing so i was like it was just game after game and um all i wanted to do was play football we had i remember we had four keepers in the academy at reading and i just thought i'm not staying here like i'm not going to be like sitting in the stands every yeah. week watching I just want to go play but you've had that taste of football from going out on yeah. loan and that uh, and that does change your mindset I remember my first loan after that I was like right I'm going to go and play first team football I didn't yeah. give it one fault to not be a first yeah. team goalkeeper uh, I remember I was just like I was pestering the goalie coach I was pestering the manager all the time I want to go play um, and then I mean after that it sort of got halted a little bit because they wanted me around the place and obviously wanted me to learn yeah. uh, play a few academy games which at the time, I was like, why do you want me to do that? I want to go play men's football, I want to keep going. But it probably was the right thing to do. But, I mean, I went from there, I went on loan to Gloucester in the Conference North, yeah. played four games. You kept moving up a level each yeah, time, didn't kept, you? Every yeah, loan move, really. Up. Yeah, and then from there, um, the, I went in there, played well, and the manager got sacked. Even though we won the first game, manager got sacked, no. came in and said, look, I don't want an inexperienced keeper, nothing against you. So I remember going back to Reading thinking, I want to keep playing. So I went on loan to Bath, played four games there and got my first career red card. <laughs> oh, and, wow, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, um, um, there's, yeah. There's a video of it somewhere. I, I think there is, yeah. And it always surprises people because I'm quite a quiet guy. Yeah. But I just remember we, we conceded a goal late on and the guy is, uh, he's giving me a bit of grief on the floor. You know, he's like, he's poking me in the face. He's like swearing at me, spitting in my face. So I've got up and I was just going to shoulder barge him. But I've given him a little dig as well. Oh, no. And I'm thinking... As soon as the ref blew his whistle, I knew what was coming. Yeah. But it sort of affected me because 
the following season, the, the suspension carried over. Oh, no. So I, I learned as a young age, I was like, I just remember going back, Goldie coach said, what are you doing? But he said, at least you've done it there. This is the reason why you're out there and learning. You know, you're only young, you're going to do these things, but just don't do it again. What, basically. what was a walk of shame like? Oh, it's oral. There's a video, mate. You've never been sent off? No, never. It was, oh my God. I don't come out with box. Can't get sent off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was horrific. I've come out. It did. Look, then, it looked like you clothesline the geezer. Yeah, to be fair. It looked like you clothesline. I, I, I did out. give him a good go. But yeah, yeah. I remember giving him my gloves and I was walking off and then they've called me because I've still got the shirt. I was like, we need your shirt. So oh, I've thrown man. it over the dugout in rage, <laughs> gone into the change room, water bottles everywhere. I just remember sitting in the showers sat in the showers and then text him. He's like, what are you texting me for? You're supposed to be playing. I was like, I've just been sent off. Oh, no. I didn't know what to do. Didn't want to lend him your good gloves yeah. either. No, exactly. Crap ones? Yeah. <laughs> I'd have 100% done that. Definitely. Yeah, you're not having these ones. It's my match gloves. I can't believe you've never been sent off. No, that's unreal. Some stat that. Unreal. I don't, I don't know how, mate. <laughs> I've been close a few times. Uh, so obviously we're saying that the loan system really benefited yeah. oh, you. Definitely. I think it was at uh, Basingstoke yeah, as well. Yeah, that was the following season. Yeah. I went and played, you know, 45, 50 games. Um, we had a little run in the cup. I think we got to the second round. Um, it's not often a, a lone player gets player of the season as well. No, no. It was. Um, I just remember it was one of those seasons. Everything went for me. Um, you know, we over overachieved massively at Basingstoke. We got to the playoffs, uh, almost got promoted to the conference, and the following year they actually got relegated. So it was just one of those that we had such a good group there, such good team morale, and they were a very confidence-based team. If we won it sort of snowballed but if we lost then you could see the wheels could sort of fall off yeah. but I mean it's probably my most enjoyable enjoyable season, season. I've ever had it was unbelievable and, mate that season yeah. I remember watching some of the games mate and some of the saves you made were outrageous yeah from <clears throat> after that I remember having sort of not only League 2 but League 1 clubs coming in and saying we want to take you on loan the following season brilliant yeah but Covid hit. No, that was that was way before Covid. Oh, was it before yeah. Covid? Yeah. But they just wanted me, wanted me at Redden as number three. Oh right. So okay. man, at the time, the manager got sacked. Yeah. Um, changed the manager, changed all the coaching staff, uh, including the goalie coach at the time, and it's sort of like it just threw threw a bit of a, a curveball in there. There's always sort of that plan, and then yep. it changed for me. So I ended up more around the place as sort of a training keeper. So I was a number three, but number two obviously when there was an injury. So, yeah. I mean, I had some great experiences. Um, you know, we played Man United away in the, I think it was in the FA Cup, played Arsenal away in the League Cup, Brighton away. <laughs> I had some really good games um, that I was sitting on the bench and yep. watching. Obviously, all this time I wanted to play. Yep. Um, so, it's sort of like a bittersweet. It was, you know, I was enjoying it, but at the same time, I was like, why do you keep turning these moves down? I want to go play again. Yep. So, I think, you know, I've Rushed out second half of the season, ended up going to Luton. Yeah. Um, and I remember the decision at the time. I think it was Luton and Port Vale that were both interested. And Port Vale were League One, but Luton were pushing at League Two. And I thought, you know what? That's what's enticing me. I want to get a promotion on my CV. And looking back at it, it wasn't the best the best decision. I mean, I played played that night that I signed. They also signed Matt Macy on loan from Arsenal, which yep. I didn't know about. Right, um, okay. And yeah, it was probably, probably one of the the worst loan moves I had. So after that one, I, I learned a lot from it. Um, it was a tough one to take. Um, I had a period where I didn't play. Matt got recalled um, for Arsenal. Um, he ended up sitting on the bench for them and I ended up coming back into the team. Got player of the month and then going into the playoffs, I was confident. Made a mistake in the playoff semi-final, which obviously got Blackpool promoted in the end. 
Um, but I've got a lot of grief off that. So yeah. I, had, uh, I had death threats. I had um, no way. all sorts from, from Luton fans. And, you know, the manager didn't particularly deal with the situation very well. Goalie coach at the time wasn't great. So I remember thinking, you know, what am I going to do? Um, I'd already spoke to Reading. I wanted to leave because I wanted to go play football somewhere. And that sort of making that mistake halted my career a little bit. Of course, yeah. So, a lot of people wouldn't realise this behind closed doors. No. What, like what you was going through personally, yeah. and like the threats that you'd be getting. It's obviously it's horrendous. I think all three of us will say like when you're out of the team, it's so hard at times mentally to stay strong and stay like on your right path that you should do because it's so easy to become a bit unprofessional or to to not try as hard in training because you're, the end goal of playing a game on a Saturday isn't there sometimes. And it's just about obviously us three here are still sat here now after I've sat on the bench for 300 games in my career I've played 400 so the mental strength of not playing sometimes is as big a character building as when you are in the team yeah definitely it's difficult because you, you do see it with you know as yourselves probably seen like you see it with a lot of players if they're not playing they sort of throw their toys out the pram and you just think well you're going to get your chance again so you want to be ready when you do it like you're only you know you're only fooling yourself really you're only you're only killing yourself if you don't do things right. That's obviously the attitude that we've always been brought up with. Like, you know, do it, do it for yourself to make sure you're ready. It must have been really good at that time and comforting to have your brother to rely on for advice. Obviously, you'd have been through some of the same stuff, Sire. Yeah. But what he went through, obviously making such a, a mistake in a high-profile game. I had it at Sheffield United. Uh, we lost. We ended up losing seven. 7-6 on aggregate to Swindon over two legs. Uh, it was 5-5 five, five away. Uh, I made a mistake in the first game. Like, it, I held my hands up. It's one of them. Just goalkeepers make mistakes. We're, we're only yeah. human. Uh, and it's, it's sometimes it's not nice, but sometimes it's also the, the strength of character, like I'm saying, to come through that makes you better. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, I was, I was 22 at the time, so I was still, still a young keeper. Yeah. Um, and that's the first real test that I'd had where it was like, you know, such a big game, high profile on Sky in front of, you know, millions of people. And it was difficult, you know, I was disappointed in myself. I was gutted for the lads because they were a good bunch as well. But, you know, going from there, all I wanted to do was just get back on the pitch. But obviously it's the end of the season. So you've got to, it's hard to compute in your brain that it's like, that's a whole season's work gone in, you know, an instinct. Yeah. So it's it's one of those, you, you do rebuild yourself. Um, it's not the first time, well, it was the first time it happened, but yeah. it wouldn't, the last time that would happen in my career, so and it will keep happening. I'm yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. it. We but keep going back for more, don't we? Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. It's one of those you just you learn to deal with it differently. That's it. Um, but yeah, it was it was a tough time, and actually end up playing for Barrow in the conference. Um, sort of a few months later, so I've gone within like six months of sitting on the bench at Old Trafford for Reading to playing for Barrow in the conference, which is absolutely miles away. Yep. Horrible place to go. <laughs> and I think I think we actually had we had four managers in three months at Barrow oh. and it kept it was like a snowball effect. And it turned out like the owners didn't want me there. So I ended up sitting in the stands at Barrow and I'm thinking, how can I have gone from like, you know, sitting on the bench yep. in the champ to sitting in the stands in the conference? Um but I still believed in myself, still kept working hard. Yep. And then ended up signing for Swindon from there in yep. League Two. Played sort of, you know, 10, 15 games till the end of the season. Was going to stay there because I wanted to keep playing, but the situation was a bit shady with, like, you know, didn't know whether the manager was going to be there, the owner, the money they offered me was poor. Um, yeah. And ended up going to MK Dons from there, signed a two-year deal there. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a hot, 
it's been a hell of a road hard journey yeah yeah I, I think all goalkeepers will testament that it's never easy uh obviously yours is a, a very different path than yeah. most uh like full credit to how you're like back in the championship yeah. now fighting away i know you're, you're not playing at the moment yeah. but it's incredible where you've gone up you've gone down yeah. gone back up gone back down like to carry on with that like we're saying that mental strength i think that's a testament to most goalkeepers that you'll find is that we have a lot more downs and ups yeah. but to hang in there and i think even after that you know i'd Two good years at MK Dons got promoted first season, and then obviously COVID hit, and yeah. I didn't have a club for six months. Yeah. So I was I was living on the Isle of Wight for a little bit, and actually went up to live with Sai. I was sleeping in your spare room one night. Well, your West Wing. Well, <laughs> well, not at the time. He had he had a little little what was it like a two yeah and no a half we rented a house we had like we rented a house with like two bedrooms and oh. you were sleeping on the floor yeah. on a mattress and you, I remember you went to. Huddersfield for yeah, three weeks for week. training. Had, you went to Salford. Tonsillitis at the time. So because I remember speaking to Selzy at this yeah. point because he was trying to help you out yeah. as well. So Selzy is a the glove provider that we all wear, yeah. but he obviously is a jack of all trades. Uh, Knows everybody in football. He's a, uh, one of the nicest guys. Selzy that sorted out my next move yep. after that. I remember him calling me up on a Friday night, and I was at, at size, and he said, "How do you fancy going and playing for Wildstone for a little yep. bit?" And I'm thinking. I'm living in Blackpool. Wildstone's down in London. I was like, will they pay for anything? He's like, well, they'll put you up in a hotel, but you have to come back each night. So I think for two months, I was driving from Blackpool to London to play for Wildstone. And it was just like, you know what sales is like? He's one of those, he, he sort of say it, and then you're like, he doesn't think about like the logistical yeah. side until a bit later. And yeah. he's like, I get what you mean there. He said, I'll see if I can get them to put you in a hotel. I'm like, well, sales, I can't drive to the, uh, to the game, come back the same night and do it again the following day. But, you know, I, I did that for two months and yep. before I signed for It was Blackboard. horrible. That was a really tough time. Like I say, he was living with me. Um, we was living in, say, like a two-bed two, two bed, uh, place. Stu was sleeping in a mattress on the floor. And you'd do anything for, for your family. And uh, he was going to Huddersfield training, uh, went to Salford for a while training. He even went down to Exeter for a went week Went down to well. Exeter for yeah. a week. Was just trying to, trying to get back in the game. And I, I remember Stu was driving me to uh, Sheffield United and back like some days just to sort of keep busy. And I know, I say, I'm not saying it because my brother, if sometimes you just need that belief of a manager to go, right, he's my keeper. Because yep. I know that if Stu had a full season, it'd be unbelievable. You just need the trust of a manager. And I think it's very difficult at times to to gain that trust because managers, they don't get the time. They don't get any time and they're, they're under pressure. So they've got to be sort of certain that you're going to do a job for them. But I fully believe that if Stu was given that opportunity, it'd have had twice a career that he has done he's done unbelievably well to to be where he is yeah. today um, I, I i i wanted to say as well obviously going through covid uh being in and out of contract and being a young goalkeeper especially like in the lower leagues i noticed it when i was in like league one league two that the budgets all fell out of the clubs uh, yeah. so then, then they was either signing a free goalkeeper on loan yeah. or they would go with one senior keeper and then nobody yeah. because then they could then sign an emergency loan so clubs were literally cutting budgets but it was affecting players' livelihoods. It was, it's, it's crazy. Like You'd go from one or two keepers yeah. at a club, three possibly, to yeah. then, no, we're having one yeah. goalkeeper. One and that goal one could be the cheapest option on loan. Yeah. yeah. It would be one goalkeeper. And then if we get an injury, we're signing an emergency loan. Yeah. So, mm. you know, everywhere you go, we like you, but we've got no budget. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, and I think that, that affected it for a while. It's still, you know, I think it's gradually getting back now. But the amount of like keepers that were out of contract, like I say, at that time, looking for a job, it made it 10 times harder to, to even get anything. Right, let's talk gloves then. This is Matt Smith, and this is the Glove Review on the Yours Mine Away podcast. 
Uh, I know yep. we keep bringing Selzy up. <laughs> uh, we all wear Selzy's gloves, uh, so this should be an easy one. Uh, what sizes are you both? I'm 10 and a half. Size yeah. I'm also 10 and a half. <laughs> if you can get them. <laughs> yeah, 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 if you can get yeah. them, yeah, yeah. yeah. What type of cuts do you both wear? Uh, I've been wearing F3 for yep. the last few years. Um, I just like the thinness of the gloves. I like to be able to feel the ball. Um, I just feel, say personally, if it's wet and you've got a chunky pair of gloves on, then you don't quite get that that feel for the ball. Um, but yeah, I say I'm very, very grateful to Salesy, not just for, for giving me gloves, but he's also a great friend as well. Great mentor as well. Great mentor, yeah. great friend. And he's always on the end of the phone, like if, if you need anything. And uh, yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a great guy and he's, he's been brilliant to me and Stu. Um, and so I'll we'll always be grateful for, for his help. Yeah. Stu, what gloves do you wear then? Uh, I've been re- wearing the Revolves recently, so yeah. they're sort of like a, a mix of uh, roll finger, but then the two middle fingers. Yeah, the hybrid are, yeah, yeah, so it's like a hybrid. So, you know, I'm a little bit different. Size, size, always like thin gloves. I like sort of an in-between. I like them thin enough so you can feel the ball, but they've still got to have a little bit of pad in there because it's just that stability. But, yeah, like I said, we're very lucky, obviously, with Celsius. He's, yep. he's been brilliant, obviously, not only just with the gloves, but, you know, through tough times and that, you pick up the phone to him and uh, he's always there for support. He, he knows he's probably the most knowledgeable person I've ever met about goalkeepers. <laughs> he really is. Like, you know, he knows exactly where every goalkeeper is and, you know, where there's moves and that. But no, he, he's brilliant, Celsius. He's just, he's a great guy to speak to. Yeah, he is. Uh, you've actually had your gloves custom built for you, haven't you, in the past? Yeah, I've been lucky enough for Celsius to make What was the, the custom bit that he would do for you? What was it specifically that. To be fair, he says I'm the fussiest glove. Person no ever. chance. Surely like, he's had worse. He says I'm well fussy. Oh, um, no I don't. I say I just like a thin glove. But uh, I mean, what did Chelsea do? He made instead of like the total contact being like sort of flat at the top, he sort of made them rounded. I don't like thumbs being too thick, so it made me like a material thumb. Um, Your little fingers pretty. My little up, fingers it? pretty mashed up as well. So it try and yeah, try and sort of design a glove around that really. So, yeah. uh, right. Uh, do you have any pr- like preference in the look of a glove? If you were to design yeah, a glove, just white, white. Yeah, I love just white. Yeah, white just, just a classic glove. Just classic yeah. white glove. Just white glove. I, just I don't mind a little bit of colour, but it's only like the very smallest bit. You yeah. know, like it can't be all singing, all dancing, all these. I just like classic colours. White glove. Yeah, yeah. I'm exactly the same. I just prefer an old school glove. Yeah. I'd like, to be fair, the sells is white and blue gloves, and you can get oh, a white pair yeah. of bu- uh, blue pair of boots. You're, you're yeah, winning. flying, flying. Right. Uh, as I said uh, about you two competing against each other, have you ever had a chance of joining the same club? No. No. Never. We no. played against that would be mental played to against see. Blackpool last season and Stu was on the bench and I was playing. Yep. That's um, the closest we've come. That's the closest we come. But uh, yeah, I'd love to. It'd be, yeah. be brilliant. It, it would be brilliant. You know, we've always said like, we, we've always worked well together. And, yep. you know, although there's a little bit of rivalry, we're more like pushing each other to do well. Like, you know, if Sai was playing and I was on the bench, I, I wouldn't really... You know, I wouldn't really care. I'd just be supporting him. Yeah, the whole of course. Time. That would that would be such a strange yeah. dynamic, but it'd be awesome because you, even if you weren't playing, you'd be buzzing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It'd be yeah. A weird dynamic. We would class that. Yeah. Because the goalkeeping like community, we all work together. We all push each other as yeah. hard as possible. Yeah. I wanted to go on to a bit about the goalkeeping playing their banjos together and that. Uh, everyone thinks that we're weird because we all go off and work on our <laughs> own and. But we, we work like we're best friends and that. But on a Saturday, only one of you can play. Yeah. It's yeah. such a hard dynamic to manage, but. You, you are fully supportive uh, of the other goalkeeper because if the team does well, you do well. It ultimately, it affects your own contracts and your life. 100%. I think as well, as you get older, you sort of, uh, you can learn to handle that a bit better. I think when I was younger, I just wanted to play and I found it difficult when I wasn't playing. It was only till sort of maybe when uh, Dean Henderson came in at, from, from Man U when I was at Sheffield United that 
uh, I was like, well, I knew I wasn't going to play. He was um, he done unbelievably well, and even though I'd played the preseason friendly prior to the first game of the season, I had an absolute blind. I was thinking, I can't do anything, literally. And it was the right decision, obviously, to play him the whole season. He got goalkeeper of the year, was brilliant. And come halfway through the season, yeah, at the start, yeah, you're like, oh, you want to play, and you're, you're thinking, well, I'd love to play. But once it got to sort of December time, January, thinking we could get promoted to the Premier League here, I'm thinking, I want him to do well. Yeah. I want him to do well. And it's like, because it's only going to benefit me and you get a chance of getting to the Premier League. And uh, since then, really, I've sort of like, but well, I've always been supportive of whoever's playing, regardless of sort of age and that. But I think it has got a little bit easier as you get older and you just learn to, to manage it. Side does have the reputation of being the nicest guy in football. <laughs> Everybody I've ever spoke to, <laughs> previous players that I've played with, Side's got his reputation that he's the nicest guy in the world. Oh, mate, sometimes, sometimes people say you're too nice, but... I said to Alid, the goalie coach yesterday, I said, I must be a hell of a number two. I'm like, Ben Wilson's got top of the clean sheets in the championship at the moment, and I'm behind him. Hendo got the golden glove in the championship, I was behind him. Dave Marshall was Premier League goalie of the year. Now, but I'm thinking... Rammer's got his Ram- move to... Rammer's Ram- Ram- been behind Rammer's, yeah. behind Hendo, behind... You on commission? Yeah, I wish I was. But I'm thinking, Jesus Christ. But I say, it's just one of them things that I like to help. Uh, and yep. I speak to you earlier about sort of going into coaching as and when that does happen. I get a buzz out of helping people and seeing people do well. And obviously, yeah, don't get me wrong. I want to be playing week in, week out and do well myself. But you just have to accept the situation you're in. There's no point getting annoyed and getting frustrated about it. If I can help the other keeper and help the team, then it's only going to be of benefit to me, really. Do do you two ever train together in the summer? Uh, when we was young, we, we yeah. <laughs> no, I always got, wondered this yeah. too. When we were younger, I had to drag him over to the field to get him to go yeah. goalie yeah. training. Like um, I'd say, Dad, I'd go and play a game on a Sunday. Dad, come and let's go over the field after the game to train. Stuart be sat there on his PlayStation playing Bomberman <laughs> or something like that. And I'd have to literally drag him over. But over the years, it's almost gone the other way where yeah. Stu's like now smashes the gym yeah. and like yeah. really sort of goes for it. In the off season and that, it's like, oh, I'm going for a 5K, you're coming. Off oh. season, mate. Like he, <laughs> I used to smash the gym and be so much better than him. But he puts me, he takes me to the cleanest now, smashes me at the wide arm, put ups, everything. Like yeah, it's gone like yeah. full circle. But yeah, we did. We used to train together. You broke my finger. Do you remember? Yeah, I broke that over the yeah, field. Yeah, we went Why over. Why are you so proud? Yeah. <laughs> went over the field, goalie training. Uh, I've got, I had finger saves on as well, Salesy's ones, I think. Yeah, so, some knuckleball that. I, yeah. I mean, I, I think the lads at Blackpool will probably tell you about my knuckleball. <laughs> now, so. But yeah, yeah. Now that, we've been lucky, mate, that we could do goalkeeper training and stuff when we were younger. And uh, it, yeah, we'll go to, even now, like, we'll, we'll go to the gym in pre season or like go for go runs for run together run, and yeah. like just help each other out. Nice, that, really. yeah. T- talking of injuries, then, uh, you talk about your messed up finger. Can you just show the camera it for a minute? Where are we looking here? Straight down the middle. Straight down the middle, yeah, just that little yeah, finger that's there, mate. A typical goalie <laughs> finger. Typical goalie finger, mate. How did you yeah. do that? Uh, I did it when I was actually on trial at Southampton. Uh, I was, again, I didn't do it at Southampton. I did it because I was doing extra training. Uh, a guy on the Isle of Wight took me for a session, went down to catch one, and my finger ended up going out that way. Oh, nice. I was out for six weeks. Uh, then I did it again when I was 15, playing non-league for Braden, like went left, right, and up. And then Stu done it. Uh, and then recently I've, I've broke it again. So, yes. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been done uh, a few times. It's been done a few it? times, yeah. Uh, have you had any other weird injuries? Goalkeepers always end up with weird injuries. I dislocated my kneecap once. It popped out and popped back in. That was uh, yeah. that was from a shot. Someone hit one. And kneecap just popped out back in. It looked like the elephant man. So that yeah. was quite a strange one. Swelling must have been nice after yeah, that. Yeah, that, uh, that was pretty fat, that one. Yeah. Um, I don't know, really. Broken noses, yeah. kicked in the face. Broken hand, broken wrist, yeah. broken fingers. Broken thumb. We're all victims yeah. of the same yeah. injuries, man. Standard keeper injuries. I broke, I broke my thumb throwing a ball out once. And as I followed through my throw, it hit 
uh, guy at Peterborough on the top of the head and it shattered <laughs> my socket. You couldn't oh, like you couldn't write it. Like, uh, how long was you out for? Uh, I think I was out for it was about eight weeks, ten weeks, and I remember like it, my finger was broken. I knew it was broken. I sat down on the floor. This was at Bolton. David Wheater came up to me and went, what's wrong? I went, I've broken my thumb. He goes, why are you sitting down? <laughs> <laughs> that was it. That's all he cared about. Why are you sitting down? Oh, he goes, you can still stand up. It's not hurting your legs. I said, oh, cheers, Dave. Brilliant. Really appreciate that one. Brilliant. Right, uh, let's talk about both of your current clubs then. Uh, si, you're at Coventry uh, and you're at Blackpool Stew. Uh, both in the championship. Like you said, you've, you've uh, been against each other recently and that. Uh, I know you, that you're both not in the team at the moment, uh, which is a victim of goalkeeping. Uh, but we played against each other quite recently as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we did. Yeah, I try not to mention that one, mate. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry, mate. <laughs> nah, to be fair, mate, honestly, like um, uh, last season, obviously, joined, joined Cov, great move for me, played the majority of the games and uh, sort of by my own admission for the first sort of six months, I, I'd done really well, done really well. And then for, for the last six months, my, my form did dip a little bit, uh, admittedly. Uh, and then pre-season was sort of a, a fight between me and Ben. Uh, I got the shirt and, and had a, a bit of a sticky start to, to the season. And Ben's come in and he's done unbelievably well. He's, he's top of the, the clean sheets in the championship. And uh, he was so supportive of me last season. And I'd like to think that I've been the same to him uh, this season. And uh, you know what it's like as a, go- as a goalie yourself. Like I hadn't played for a while coming in and played against you boys. And it's so hard. It sort of it goes one way or the Single other. Swim, it's Single horrible. swim, yeah. yeah it's so it's sometimes. like even though you you come in and, and you want to do well, you maybe try a little bit too hard. And I mean, to say you boys played unbelievable. You made an absolute world, you mate, to 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 get you the win. And and it's just one of them things. I had it very similar at Sheffield United. Say Hendo was playing the majority of the games. I'd come in for the cups and think I'd have to be a ten out of ten. I think I've got to be a ten out of ten to even to even play. And sometimes even if you were a ten out of ten, you Demand. know you're not going to play anyway. So yeah. it's a difficult mindset to have and. Yeah, as goalies, we'll go out and we don't want to make mistakes, but it's part and parcel of it. And I think as long as you go out there and try your absolute hardest, regardless of what anyone thinks, like that's all you can do, really. Obviously, you're not playing as well, Stu, yeah. but like I, I've spoke to other goalkeepers on here. It's, it's all about your mindset and your mentality, uh, yeah. about pushing each other each day. Like, I, I'm a massive advocate of how closely you work together and that, and the relationship that you do have with the other goalkeepers. You must be finding that, especially with Banksy in charge of you now. Yeah, I, I think it's difficult because, like I say, all you want to do is go play. Yeah. But I think as you get older in, in your career and you're not playing, you sort of look at it differently. Obviously, you always work hard. You always you always want to be ready. Like In case you get that, that opportunity, I had it last season, um, you know, end up back on the bench. Maxi got injured and I come on and played against Blackburn and made a save to win us the game. Yeah, I remember that. But, but then didn't end up playing the following game and obviously Grimmy had a run in the team. And, you know, we've got a very good union at Blackpool. Like Grimmy's a very good keeper. Maxi's a very good keeper. Banksy's a good coach. And, you know, going back to the point earlier, you're so supportive of each other because at the end of the day, it's not the other keeper's fault if they play. It's the manager's decision. So yeah. you, you can't be mad at them nah, because, exactly. you know, you want them to support you if you're playing and vice versa. So. Talk to me about Banksy's warm-up. I know we spoke about it <laughs> off the camera. Uh, Banksy has got the fastest warm-up in the world. You do uh, a one warm-up lap uh, and on, he's off. Honestly, uh, it's like, you know when you uh, you lose small sides and you've got to do like a 60-second lap or yeah. a 45-second lap? That's like Banksy's warm-up. 
he sets off. He's like, right, we're going. And he's gone. Like, he's almost around the pitch before we've even oh, set off. The amount of times that we was like playing catch up, me and Maxi <laughs> was just playing catch up. And we'd like crack up laughing some days trying oh. to pull off or hide because he wouldn't notice you for a half a lap. But, honestly, but then if you didn't do that, hard, like catch him up, he'd yeah. be fuming at you. Yeah, honestly, we've done it a few times where we sort of pulled back and he's just head down running. And like I said, it takes him half a lap to realise by which time he's almost back in. And we're still like, we're literally on the first bit. But yeah, no, it is good. He's. He's a good coach. Uh, sessions are good, and he works you hard. Like so, yeah. even if I'm not playing, then you know I'm still in. Has Squires Gate improved, by the way? Only just. As it's, <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's an interesting place. I mean, <laughs> it's it, not that windy, is it? For, on the calmest Blackpool's of days, it's like a tornado. Wow. Yeah, it's like hurricane winds even on on calm days. But yeah. it's getting there. It's yeah. getting there. We've actually got a gym now and uh, a change room that fits all the players in. So yeah, that's a bonus. But. The, when I was at Blackpool, it always I was, I was there in two different spells it always relied on team spirit oh yeah I think I think even till last season it, it probably hadn't changed since you've been there it's only in the last six months that they've actually done something to it yeah. but yeah it was still uh, still bobbly as ever as yeah. well right finally before we wrap this up right I want to talk about your idols uh, obviously I want to talk about both of your goalkeeping idols yours might be Stu a little bit to do with your brother I was uh, going to say mine's sat right next to me yeah. and also my dad as well so yeah. Um, I think you're both going to say your dad now after hearing what you've said. Yeah, yeah, definitely. A dad, a dad so she's just an absolute legend. He got a hole in one yesterday, by the way, which is... Wow. Yeah, <laughs> we, neither of us have got a hole in one, no. so he's beat us to that. Yeah, We're um, all keen golfers as well. Oh, love it, mate. Funny love thing it. is, he's, he's looking to change his clubs as well, so I don't think he'll be doing no that anymore. That. But yeah, now so we're so lucky. I said, dad's an absolute hero and uh, we both look up to him and, and, and a big shout out to Steve Lawton on the Isle of Wight as well. Yeah. Like, Lawts is just special, special guy and... He's someone that, that I certainly looked up to when I was younger. Um, Is there anyone you modelled your games on? Do you know what? I'd probably say uh, early stage of my career, Joe Hart. Yeah. Yeah, I used to love watching Joe yep. Hart. He was class. I tried to sort of be like him. Yep. And I just he was, When he first broke for it. When City. he first broke for a City, man, I remember the game he had against Tottenham, like first game of the season. He was unreal. And I think he had a, a, a tough time and un, unfairly, really. Yeah. And, and, he Joe's class, like he, I thought he was one of the best goalkeepers in the world. I used oh, to really? model, model my game on him, and uh, but that's it. I used to watch YouTube clips of other goalies, try and pick the best out of them, and uh, he was certainly one that sort of I looked up to. His game against Barcelona at the oh, Nou Camp, outrageous, just, just ridiculous. Some yeah. of the saves he's made up throughout yeah. his career have been yeah, yeah, yeah. He definitely, definitely looked up to him. Yeah, what about you? Yeah, probably Joe Hart, bit bit of Petr Cech as well. Um, I just used to love going on YouTube and watching keepers making saves. So yeah. mine was just like a whole array of. I mean, I used to send it to you all the time. Like anytime you see a good save, it'll be pinged straight across, wouldn't it? And I think that's what one of the best things about the modern era is YouTube and the, the accessibility yeah. of like looking at clips and modelling yourself on. I used to get VHS out of Dave Seaman <laughs> and Edwin van der Sar, mate. Like I'll have half my audience now go, "What's VHS?" and Google that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm a massive advocate. Uh, there's loads of good online goalie coaches and that for people to go and watch and learn stuff from. So hopefully we've passed on a bit of knowledge for people that are listening and that. But yeah, unfortunately, that's all we've got time for today with Si and Stu. Uh, it's been an excellent episode. Some great insight from both of them. Uh, and I've thoroughly enjoyed meeting you both. Thanks for coming on, guys. Uh, cheers for having us, mate. It's been, been a pleasure. Nice. Cheers. Brilliant. This has been the Yours Mine Away podcast with me, Mark Howard. Make sure you subscribe and give us a follow uh, and a five-star rating. It really helps the channel grow. Thanks a lot, guys. Take care. Bye. What a save from Mark Howard. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.